your guarantee. I know, I know we want to talk, we want a more of a clear up, a clear, you know what, let's do this. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Money Back Guaranteed Podcast. I am your host, Angel. I am with the co-host, Jay. We are here, very excited for the future of the NFL. Today, actually started yesterday, where teams can start saying who they're going to sign, but they can't officially do it until 3 o'clock tomorrow. Um, we, are this, uh, we are podcasting uh, Tuesday, the eve of free agency. And before the day even starts off, let's talk about the team that moved so much but so little at the same time. I don't know what team, <laughs> I don't know what team, or excuse me, I don't know what salary cap he's playing on. I sent you, bro. I sent it to you. It's not ours. No, no, no. Bill Belichick is on like Canadian salary cap or like European soccer league cap. Cause how? Bro, he's just smarter than your GM. And it's a good thing, too, because the more time goes on, the more we realize he can't draft for shit. So, I mean, if you look, I have it broken down. Before this morning, the Patriots' salary cap numbers for next year with all of their free agents and re-signings is only $31 million out of their 60-plus. Let's, I just, real quick, for people that don't know, I'm definitely going to go down the list because the list of guys are not little guys. They are top elite talent in the NFL. Matt Judon, top tier linebacker. Cam Newton, okay. Juno Smith, number two at tight end. Then you went out and got Hunter Henry, Number one at tight end. Then you go get Jalen Mills. You go get a D tackle, Javon Gatra from Miami. I am a big fan of his. You go get Kendrick Bourne. Another person that's not on the list in front of me is Nelson Aguilar. You revamped your offense. You got the pieces you wanted on defense. You had $60 million to play with at the beginning of all this. You still have thirty-one million. How? No idea. Magic. These because NFL guys, especially Bill, money, is the biggest magician. 
because all of the money is going to explode in that third year when the new TV deal goes through and the salary cap like doubles. How smart. And then all these guys are going to be underpaid. And here's the thing. I mean, you've got to negotiate well. And you noticed yesterday, what, like seven of those guys were all Rosenhaus guys? It yep. helps because I guarantee you a lot of these guys, you have to have the right contract because you can't push everything to that third year, but have it be mm-hmm. avoidable year. So right. the Patriots are for sure on the hook for some of these guys for three years or mm-hmm. longer. Um, paying them like just what they can in guarantees, but they're not done, man. No, they're going for more. And thank goodness because Bill Belichick has, with the exception of Gronk, drafted oh, I don't know, seven tight ends, and none of them have been good. And yeah. you know, what well, we looked at the list before like 12 wide receivers, and the best one is not in the league anymore because he his knee just exploded and never came back together. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Like, Imagine if they'd had half these weapons when Tom Brady was thinking about leaving. He would have played for free. He'd have played for a Cam contract. Cam's yeah. only making five point four million against the cap this year. Heavy incentives. That's why you guys saw the one year fourteen million. It's only five point six. Yeah, yeah. All incentives, which I think I don't know how that works with the cap. I I think it's like they have probable money and then like possible money so Mm -hmm. because the Patriots didn't make the playoffs last year all of Cam's like make the postseason win the division kind of money doesn't count against the cap because they're not anticipating it to be paid out right it's it's pretty interesting how these guys are true buyers not we I don't think I've ever seen Bill in the buying mode ever and, I mean, he, he went there with coupons. I mean, he went to the free agency, got coupons, because these guys all said, hey, you know what, we'll take our guaranteed money in that third year, and hopefully that TV deal is major. It better be major, because if you, not, these boys are sitting on a lot of dead cap in that third year. I'll tell you what, the only place that he, the Patriots look really dumb right now is the fact that they signed – Kendrick Bourne and they mm-hmm. signed Nelson Aguilar. They're giving Aguilar way too much money. I said that right away. I posted that to our Twitter. I think that is absurd money for a guy who hasn't proven he can be a number one receiver. And with Edelman banged up last year, coming off an injury, you need a guy who's going to come in and be a for sure number one receiver. Mm-hmm. And if you look, only three wide receivers have been signed so far. Two by yeah. the Patriots and then Corey Davis to the Jets. To the Jets, yep. That market with the wide receiver class, there are some guys who are going to go for way less money than you would think. Yeah, because you send me the top four guys for in this draft class coming up, and those top four guys, I would say they're all better than – Nelson Aguilar, for sure. At this point, shit, can you take Godwin's tag back? (laughs) See, now that tag looks really weird because people are thinking that these receivers are going to fly off the shelf 
and two guys did at a very cheap cost, you're going to pay Godwin 14. What is it? 14, right? 16. 16 million. 16, and the other receiver who got tagged to make it 13. Oh. No, like, yeah, I, I mean, it makes sense at the time, but that's a risk you take by not letting people test free agency is nobody yeah. anticipated that the free agent market was going to look like this. No. And for wide re- for a wide receiver. And that's why we talked about it. And I'm like, I got some shit about us saying, get rid of Thielen for Orlando Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Cause consistently every year in the draft, what position has more success than any other position? Just rookies at the next level it's wide receivers. Wide receivers even and running backs. If, even if they're not amazing, and Justin Jefferson has proven he can be a number one. So, I mean, you're telling me how many receivers in this upcoming draft have proven they can be a number two? Yeah. Or that a is. number three at the worst. Somebody who – like, I think I, – I think maybe 80% of the receivers who are going to get drafted can come in and give you 500 yards their rookie season. Yeah. The top four guys, you got Devontae Smith, you got Jaden Waddle, you got Jamar Chase, and you got Bateman from Minnesota. Those are your top five, four receivers, and all those guys are fast guys or they have an intangible to them that is so unseen. Like Devontae, Adams, or Devontae Smith's length in itself, like he's going to go up and get the ball. Every time you throw – I've never seen a receiver high point a ball as good as he is. And he is there. And the guys are saying he's going to drop. That's how crazy this receiving class is. And I am kind of intrigued to see that they got these two guys. I can definitely still see them trading away Nikhil Harry. A lot, of call, a lot of people said that the Patriots are getting calls on him. And if you do, then at 15, you absolutely go get one of these guys, especially if they drop. But right now, the Patriots had a bad season, and it wasn't even that bad of a season. And they came out, and they came out and said, "Guess what? We are not going to let that happen again. We are going to rebuild and get better." Do they? In your heart, right now, we haven't seen everything happen. This is a super early prediction. Do they win the East? I've said, I've said, I last well, show I put money on it. <laughs> well, I put yeah. money on a plus five hundred. That's true. That's true because I, I think thought- absolutely there's a gambler's chance that they do. I I don't know that they'll run away with it, but yeah, I mean what? I mean Bill Belichick's defense made everybody in that division look terrible. And that's missing like six guys, six guys sitting out for COVID and now they're reloading. They got a dominant edge rusher. They got a big guy to plug up the middle, which they were sorely missing yeah. because they're always better. Belichick's defense is always better with a Vince Wilfork with a big guy jamming up the middle. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and he had Danny Sheldon there for a while, but when Patricia left, he took him with him. So, and if, if a guy like Winovich can like sort of revive his career, I mean, he had sort of a down year last year after having one of the better rookie seasons for a defensive edge rusher. Mm-hmm. If he can like show back to form, we're talking about a team that absolutely can give people problems because Josh Allen, man, in the playoffs, he looked pretty damn ordinary. Yeah. And those rece- those receivers they have are small. 
I don't think necessarily – I mean, you're still going to have J.C. Jackson and Stephon Gilmore. And you're adding Mills to that mix too. Yeah, you're going to have some dogs. You might – just watch. I wouldn't be surprised if you're looking at – I mean, they've talked about how the Patriots still have cap room for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Man, you watch Gilmore now that they got Jalen Mills – you watch Gilmore be a piece in a trade for Deshaun Watson. Hey, could happen. You, Gilmore could in happen. that first. Gilmore in that first and a third for Deshaun. Bill does not like hearing about how good Tom Brady is doing without him. Clearly, <laughs> man. I, like I'm, I, like, and again, Bill's never had money. Yeah, I'm, he's always had a fairly tight cap, and the Patriots have usually done really well at finding little things and finding you know, under underrated players, but now they've done well enough with rookies and guys on the offensive line and their running backs play for fairly cheap. Mm -hmm. And now he has the money to just go out and spend and watch out, especially with cam playing for 5 million a year. I mean, they might go get somebody, but if not, this season is going to be all on Cam Newton. And man, I'm not going to lie to you, Cam Newton. It depends what Cam Newton shows up because Cam Newton in the fourth quarter, the second half of the season looked absolutely terrible. It, they like they would have looked better with Brian Hoyer, but Cam in the beginning of the season when his arm was live before he got COVID, man, I mean he was. He was a guy who can take you to the playoffs. I don't know if it makes them a Super Bowl contender, but it definitely makes them a playoff threat. I think it def- you'll see a different Cam this year solely for the fact that you have given him weapons. I think this is – he's had Greg Olson in the past, and that was his go-to guy. Now you got two tight ends that – I think Hunter Henry is probably at that level with – Greg Olson when it comes to route running because Greg Olson was a really good route running or route runner and Juno Smith is a good blocker. I will. So I think you got two different type of tight ends, even though you said they both are guys that could split out. Yeah. John Smith did that. You bring him in to block. He's solid. Yeah. You, you bring him in. He's solid. Hunter Henry too. I'll go as far as to say this. If the Patriots don't make the wild card this year, Cam's career is over. I would not be surprised to see Cam get benched if they're not five and three. I wonder if – were they the only ones to call him? Well, I, mean, I know last year Cam, the only person to call Cam was the Patriots. But with Chicago's situation at quarterback, Houston's whirlwind situation at quarterback, it's interesting to see that – I don't know, man, like – I want to know if he had – like I said, man, we're right back to it. Someone get me in the room. I want to know if Cam got more calls because Cam in Chicago would have been a very interesting fit. But at the same time, you look at Chicago, it still has, they still have a very questionable offensive line, and I don't think Cam wanted to go anywhere while they were still potentially making a quote-unquote massive offer for Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think Cam would be a little bit pissed if they go and get Deshaun Watson, but the franchise is the franchise. And I I don't think it was any secret that Bill was going to reload here. I think – I mean, I called it. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure Cam knew this was coming. 
Right now, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else on a prove-it contract. Everyone said he was going to the Washington football team, but, man, he did not love the way things ended in Carolina with Ron Rivera. Right. Not giving him a phone call. I think yeah. that was it. Like, he didn't call him or he didn't he, – he, like, found out via his agent when the announcement was made on ESPN or something like that. He wasn't told beforehand. Yeah, I don't think Cam was in any hurry to head back to Ron Rivera in Washington. Well, it's interesting now because you said, like you said, and I do believe that if they are not able to make the playoffs, and I feel like a playoff win for Cam this year with these pieces, I think that his career is truly over at that point. But you give the record right now, real quick. Are they playing 17? Yep. I think they go 11 and 6 with this team. I can see that 100%. I see them. I see That's them. me being more conservative, too. Like, I could definitely see them popping and being uh, more, you know, mm-hmm. what you call it. They go in like 12 and 5. It also, I, I would need to see the way their schedule is set up. Yeah, for sure. Because I'm pretty sure I could pull up who they're playing against and we could go down that rundown. We'll do that for sure coming up closer to the season because it is very interesting. We're still sitting in the middle of free agency. News is coming in left and right. Uh, One position I do want to talk about is the position that is key to a lot of teams. Let's talk about quarterbacks real quick because we had four quarterbacks signed and they go to four very interesting places. Um, Let's Talk about the one that just hit my watch. Andy Dalton, $10 million going to Chicago. Yeah. That, that ain't gonna, That ain't it, Chief. Uh, sorry. <laughs> it is. It just, I mean, did they get enough no's from Seattle? Or did they get nervous and didn't want to get left out without a quarterback and you paid Andy Dalton? $10 million with $2 million in incentives. Which they still have Nick Foles under contract for a while, correct? Uh, I believe he they have him for another three years. I think that third year is a team option. My man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is that is not Russell Wilson. That is not the vibe. Which Definitely appar- not it. Which apparently uh, they're just not thinking that they're going to trade Russell Wilson anymore. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the only team that I see um, potentially being able to trade for him right now at this moment is Miami and the Jets. But Miami went out and got themselves a quarterback as well, and they just signed Jacoby Brissett for a one-year deal for $8 million. So yeah. a lot of – clearly, Dalton can back up Russ – Clearly, that's that's without question because Dalton was supposed to be the backup in Dallas anyway. Barset is a little different because I feel like Philip Rivers only took his spot because of his name. Because I do have some, I, I feel like Jacoby can still win you games. So, do you think that this is the Seattle Seahawks truly saying that we don't want to trade Russell Wilson? Or do you think this is, we want a quarterback and a top three pick? 
I think that's what it is. I think that that no, Seattle, nothing Chicago could give you is going to make up for a top three pick. Right. I think even the rumors of five Chicago first round picks for Russell. That was the rumor. Five picks for the next five years. I don't think that's legal. I think I it's like a, it's three. a mid. It, yeah, I know, but it's like a mid trade or whatever. It's like an unwritten mid trade or whatever. They were talking about it where they could trade for a player for first round picks and cash considerations and yada yada yada. It was pretty crazy how they had this kind of. They were trying to make this super blockbuster deal, could not make it happen. Um, I have to check Chicago's cap right now because my records say they're six under. That's before this big cap drop and everything like that. So how much money Chicago truly has, I'm not too sure. I know that Khalil Mack and a couple other players restructured. That's why it felt like Russell was coming even more because all these defensive guys, they cut their money to bring in a guy like that. You didn't. you imagine cutting your money and having it go to Andy Dalton? I mean – like I, like I was saying earlier, I was reading a lot of this incentive-based stuff just so you could get under the cap and whatnot. A lot of this is more incentives, more guaranteed money for the players, so I'm sure those guys love that situation of it. But, man, you had to deal with Mitch Trubisky and Andy Dalton all year. It sounded like you had a good plan to get a quarterback. You ended up with Dalton. <laughs> you ended up with Dalton and... I mean, it is interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see. They only gave them ten million, so they might have some wiggle room that I don't that I don't know of yet. But there's I don't know. There's a lot of guys out there. There's a lot of movement out there yet that hasn't happened. There's a lot of guys that you know. I don't know if they're waiting for the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I don't know if they're still meeting with teams. I don't know how it works with COVID. I know that Kyle Long met with Vegas yesterday and nothing came about that. They're supposed to meet with the Chiefs tomorrow. I'm not too sure how all this is going down. All I know is... Man, Kyle, Kyle Long, Vegas has now... I mean, you would think they'd have a bag, but apparently they're getting rid of offensive linemen and taking Left and dead right. money. Left and right, man. I just saw that they just cut their primetime center. And now he's touching yeah. free agency. He's 32. He wouldn't be a bad pickup for your squad. Yeah, there's a lot of older guys that are available. I got Trent Williams that's still available. Um, there's a few other linemen that's out there. Um, rumors that Marvin Jones will be going to the Jags. He signed to your deal. He signed to your deal? Sweet. Um. Yeah. So it's very interesting. Another quarterback to leave his team and go to a different team is Tyron Taylor. He signs a $12 million deal with Houston for one year. Apparently that's very similar to Cam's deal, and it's okay. very incentive-based. So I mean, do you we'll, feel, if we'll you're Tyron Taylor, do you feel about good about the incentives, knowing that Deshaun says, hey, man, I'm done here? I mean, I don't understand Tyron <laughs> Taylor at all, so – that's fine because Tyron Taylor could own the chargers after someone punctured his fucking lung and it's just like nah man we're good I get it people make mistakes 
<laughs> Pretty much, man. His uh, <laughs> his uh, training staff accidentally put the needle a little too far. And costed him a whole year of football, pretty much, because Herbert came in and looked good. But Tyrod Taylor, he is that guy that does he won't throw picks, but he won't throw it in tight spaces. He will manage the game very well for you. And maybe Houston needs that for a while. Just some a guy that can pull in six wins for you. James Winston. Uh, James Winston is a saint. That's another quarterback that signed. Um, as a backup, who knows? Because Taysom Hill's getting paid one forty. So <laughs> one hundred. Like again, the NFL salary cap is so wild to me. How they can just throw out numbers that don't don't exist at all. No, and it's it's literally the only sport of the four major sports that does that. I mean, I don't. Like Premier League soccer, I don't really understand because that's all weekly and the season's all messed up. But yeah, of the four major sports, guarantees me nothing. The actual pay salary numbers mean nothing. Everything's so incentive based. It's so hard to come up with it. Yeah, apparently, if everybody gets everything in their contracts, the Patriots have spent like $930 million in the last two days. But <laughs> In reality, it's probably going to be like two hundred million right. over the next three years, which isn't that bad at all. Yeah, not bad at all. Um, uh, receivers I want to talk about that haven't been touched yet is Juju and Curtis Samuel. With the market that's with these guys, where do you think these guys end up at? Man, I mean, I'm kind of bouncing I, everywhere right now. I would. Yeah, <laughs> going to be everywhere. one of those shows. I think, I mean, there's a very good chance they could not get signed until after the draft. We'll see what oh, happens, but damn. man, like, would you see a Juju? I could easily see some of these guys like Juju, Kenny Galladay, going back to their team, signing, you know, two-year deals for less money than they ever anticipated when they thought they were going to free agency to get a bag. Yeah, that's true. I definitely, I could see... Juju being a big mover because of everything he did last year. And, you know, he's, I feel, I would say that Juju is like Russell Westbrook of the NFL. You know, he's doing fashion. He's super young. He's doing all this crazy shit. Send him to LA. Go play for the 49ers. Go get Kendrick Bourne's spot. Let Jimmy G throw you the ball if he stays there. I think that's the best place for him. Curtis Samuel. You know, that's one guy I actually did want to see end up in New England because he is actually a really good route runner. He just kind of faded into them three big receivers that are down there with Rodney Anderson and uh, the other guy, uh, the other Samuel. There's another Samuel down there, I think. Just faded into those guys, and now he's a – Right here on this list, he's a top 15 free agent. And it'd be interesting to see. Maybe he ends up back in Carolina if they get Deshaun. I just know that he complained about his touches. That's why he didn't stay. I mean, man, just looking at this list, it is like a crazy list. I've got every single receiver. Mm -hmm. And, I mean – you're going to potentially see some people retire. I mean, look at you're looking at like your Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. Deshaun Jackson is 
Golden Tate's 33. Is there going to be a spot for a Golden Tate? Danny Amendola. I don't think he's going anywhere. Look at Antonio Brown's 33. He might be on his last deal. Dez is 33. I don't think he's getting re-signed. Mohamed Sanu, I don't think he's going to get signed. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, he's on this list as well, 31 years old. He'll get a job somewhere in the slot. I feel like he blew up later in the year, but for the last two years, he's been so disappointing, especially in fantasy being the number one receiver in Indianapolis. I mean, Philip Rivers didn't really have an arm. He's a deep threat without a guy who can really throw the ball deep. Uh, Jacoby Brissett had you know, a little bit more luck, but they don't seem to want Jacoby Brissett to be the starting quarterback. And he got hurt that year too. So, you know, it's tough. I mean, you look Mm -hmm. at even guys like AJ Green, AJ Green, he could be signing like a three year, $7 million deal with Cincinnati to come back. Yeah. After all the sitting out and the injuries he dealt with just to come back for three years, 7 million. That'd be interesting. Super interesting. There's a lot of guys. Sammy Watkins, another free agent. He's 28 years old. And another guy, another, another position that has a lot of aging guys is the cornerback position. A lot of aging guys that just still can do it. Patrick Peterson's on this list. Janoris Jenkins on this list. Uh, Sherman is on this list. Actually, I'm sorry, Janoris Jenkins just went to the Titans. I don't know, man. Can do it is a little bit of a stretch. (laughs) Patrick Peterson hasn't consistently done it in years. And Richard Sherman, he's, I think he knows his next contract very likely could be a media contract. Uh, Man, I don't, uh, here's the thing. The teams who are really looking good right now and aren't doing anything are teams like the Baltimore Ravens. Yes. If you're looking at a team who needs veteran leadership and cheap wide receivers, because you know, you're going to have to pay Lamar soon or, you know, risk losing Lamar man you're telling me that I can go out and get AJ Green I can get you know John Brown I can get Sammy Watkins and I can get Kenny Galladay for what 12 million a year combined yeah maybe maybe (laughs) shit who knows At at this point they might be willing to pay just for you know food and room and board you know just to stay somewhere <laughs> so one of these some of these guys are going to go in for the vet minimum i mean honestly low-key you know what i love for the baltimore ravens corderell patterson is a free agent uh yeah because you could throw him in the backfield that's, you could that's throw what i'm saying he's, he's shown he can play receiver and running back at least an acceptable level he's had ton of success the Super Bowl champion with the Patriots. He played really well for Chicago. He's still a huge return threat. Mm-hmm. I love that fit. I, I mean, you're going to, and you know, you could get quarter of medicine, like I said, like two million a year, three million a year. Yeah. Like nothing. Pretty much just, and he could just explode at any time and change the game for you. I think Cordell Patterson is definitely that spark like Percy Harvin was for that Seattle team when they won that Super Bowl. He could just, change the game with two plays so of course bring him in man man. just looking at this list like no one's talking about dd westbrook either 
I think oh. he could be really good. I, not like, even, not like even a, on the free agent hundred list. Okay, he didn't even make the list. I know that's what I'm saying, <laughs> man. You're looking at a guy like that to a again league minimum to like a Tampa Bay or a New England, somebody who knows how to use like a a quick slot receiver. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, he's a dude, and he just people don't know about him because he played in Jacksonville and. They haven't been able to get anything consistent. Yeah. Hey, man, he goes somewhere for $3 million and work himself to a bigger contract. I'm looking at, man, the offensive line in free agency, you could put those five guys together and they will be a top elite team anywhere they go. Huge. Trent Williamson. You got Riley Reef in here. You got... Mitchell Shores, you got Fisher still available, Rodney Hudson, all guys in their 30s, but can still play the game. It is interesting, man. If you are a team that needs an offensive alignment and you don't get at least one or two of these guys. I mean, that's the point where like the question the question is durability at that point. When you look at a 36-year-old center. Or, you know, a 33-year-old left tackle. How many – when is the play where they're going to break down? Yeah. Do they have a full year in them? I definitely agree a lot of teams should be looking for free agents right now if you need depth. I just – I'm looking and, you know, a guy like Riley Reef, 33, left tackle. Trent Williams, 33, left tackle. Trent Williams, I think, is still at the top of his game. I think Russell Oku can still be at the top of his game. Mm-hmm. But, you know – for how long? Like, can you count on that for 17 games with Thursday nights in there? You know, Jason Peters is 39. I'm sure he'd love to come back, but no, dude, I don't. Guys I don't like know. him is tough, man. Yeah, yeah. Your all your free agent offensive linemen are in that between 32 and 29 range. So still. At a position where they could get a one-year, two-year contract and show that they're worth for another three to four years. So it is fun to see. There's still so many players still available, uh, players that could come in and pretty much change an offense or defense. really depends on how you look at it. And it's fun. Uh, free agency starts tomorrow. Uh, three o'clock, you'll see, I feel like, a full steam of signings of guys that just haven't announced yet. But all your big names are signed. And, you know, I don't know how, you know, the Bucks did it, but they kept Barrett and they got Sue and Brown on the phone. And they are looking to bring almost everybody back. And not adding any pieces, which is weird. I feel like. You- I mean, they still have the draft. They're not adding any pieces, but they have draft picks. I you, I feel like you could bring in a Peters a Peterson and help with the young guys that are there. I mean, give him a nickel, give him a nickel spot, and let him kind of do his thing in there. Yeah, I mean, it'll be. We're also going to get to a point like the longer free agency goes on, who really wants a bag and who really wants a ring. Mm-hmm. Like a, a guy like a Patrick Peterson has done everything but win a ring. Is he going to, you know, take that nickel job or does he think he's still got enough on where he can, you know, be a starting cornerback somewhere? Yeah, I'm really depends on how your workouts go and 
see what you have left, man, because it's going to be interesting. Um, a big name that I want to talk about that was added to a team that needed this help is John Johnson. John yes. Johnson's safety for Cleveland or for the new new safety for the Cleveland Browns. Number three ranked safety by Pro Football Focus. And apparently he turned down multiple offers to take the Cleveland job. Yep. Signing a three-year, $33.5 million contract that includes $24 million. He is going to come in and change the defense at a great level. Leadership level. And he signed a deal at 25 that will bring him to 28, where you could extend him once that TV contract comes up. John Johnson, I think, will be a top safety at one point in this league. Yeah, and going I, to Cleveland to do it is going to be the best thing. Man, at this point, straight up, anything. And as, you know, Minnesota residents, I think this resonates. Uh, Andrew Sandejo. Yeah. Who's maybe <laughs> the worst starting safety in the league. Cannot stand. You are going – you're, you're going to get a huge upgrade with John Johnson stepping in there. Andrew Sandejo, who only knows how to tackle with his helmet and can't see who he's hitting because he leads with the crown of his helmet and misses tackles all the time. Yeah, just a penalty machine and a complete coverage liability. If John, if John Johnson can play any position, he can play Sandejo's position. Thousand percent, and they're getting that safety back from LSU. Oh, Diplet, yeah, Delpit, Delpit, yeah. Tore his, Del- tore his knee up last year. He's coming back, so that's going to be a really nice. Honestly, the biggest issue for them is getting Denzel Ward to stay healthy. Yeah. He's not played sixteen games yet, and now they're adding seventeen. But yeah, that Cleveland secondary was a tremendous liability and was the reason why they didn't even go further in the playoffs, why they almost didn't make the playoffs. So you're telling me if you can get second half of the season Baker showing up for 17 games, and you're telling me that you can get a defense in Cleveland that can stop anybody through the air, watch out. I, I, again, I don't, we'll have another show where we break down more of the gambling aspect of the NFL and some of the odds after free agency, but I would not hesitate to put some money on Cleveland winning the AFC North. Yeah. It's going to, it's with all those teams feeling like it's on a decline. I feel like the Ravens haven't done nothing as of yet. Uh, Pittsburgh, half their roster is free agents. Pittsburgh hasn't signed anybody. All they've done is let people go. It's yeah. wild. They haven't even tried to save anybody. No. Man. Patriots still at $33 million free in cap. Highest cap guy right now is the Jets, Jaguars, and Colts. They're all at $51 million. Uh, everyone else is still working on getting under the cap. Uh the Ravens are at 16 million right now, and they haven't moved anything yet. Uh, a team with a lot of money and a lot of wiggle room to do something still is the Dolphins. They have 32 million. They need to sign. They got to find a way to keep Kyle Van Noy. They cut him. He's gone. He's going oh to, man, he's going, for real? He's going to the Patriots on like a nothing deal. 
Oh man, I thought that's just way to keep just, there. Just watch for that one. I, I they haven't announced it yet, but yeah, I think a thousand percent you're gonna see some guys go to the Patriots for not a lot of money. That's going to surprise you. Yeah. I would not be surprised to see like a Kyle Van Noy and a Malcolm Butler go back to the Patriots for very little money just mm-hmm. to try to right the ship. I wouldn't man kind of like a Jadavian Clowney, maybe even Bill loves his like edge rushers who play half the snaps and work, you know, right. in a shift, like you're my first down guy and third down guy kind of thing. That would be, an interesting role if Clowney wants to do that at this point in his career. He's only, you know, 28, 28 but yep. man, why not? Yep. And let's talk about my club real quick. The Kansas City pissed me off earlier or last week. Do you want me to do you want me to just mute this right now so you can you can go off and keep talking yourself into the fact that the Chiefs can sign all these people? <laughs> no. I've come. I've I've taken the time. I've looked at the roster. We only have nine million left available. So, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, this man went from the depths of sorrow and sadness the other day to suddenly, nah, man, we can get Kyle Long and we can get (laughs) Rodney Hudson and we can get a a Pro Bowl right guard and then we're gonna get Jadavian Clowney and Patrick Peterson and. And Josh Norman is going to be great. We're going to have everybody. We've got $60 million. We've got more space than the Patriots. Tell but me how you're going to spend $9 million, Angel. So we went out and got ourselves a Patriot. We went and got ourselves a guy that could come in and solidify that spot at guard. And now we have a Pro Bowl guard. We have another Pro Bowl guard coming back from COVID. And we are seeing what our options is. Chiefs went out and got Joe Thunny, uh, paid him Thune. five years. Oh, Thunny, learn, learn you'll, you'll have time. You can learn that. You know, hey, I didn't pay. I didn't give a damn about <laughs> Patriots guy. Now that he's on my team, you know, I might go get his jersey. You know, five years, eighty million to Mister Joe Thunny. Um, he is coming in to secure that line that just couldn't do it in the Super Bowl. Granite Fisher Schwartz were out. Um, we are still missing a center, but like I said, there's a lot of offensive linemen that, um, could come in for a one-year deal and, you know, prove it, prove that they can still do it. And the chiefs is a place to do it. If you're not worried about money and you're 30 something and you want to get a ring, the chiefs might be the place to go. Not saying league minimum, cause we got some money for you, but if a, you know, Fisher wants to come back if he shows that his knee is good or will take a Riley Reef. I do want Austin Rittler back at center. I do want him in there because then you go Funny, Rettler, and Tarkif. Tar- I, I mess up his last name all the time. But Tarkif? Hey. Rene Tardif. Tardif, sorry. Patrick is good at stepping in. So step into, you know, step into $120 million instead of your tackles that's getting paid league minimum. It's okay. It's okay. He's mobile. Patrick, I've seen him. He's working out a little more this summer, so that means he's going to get a little faster. Might have to get on some Lamar stuff, but guess what? They made the move there. 
I still need to see something on the defensive side of the ball, see if they could bring in one of these corners at league minimum. Definitely going to have to be after the draft. I think they're done spending money now, but they had a, they had a space open. They filled it. They're protecting their half a billion dollar investment. I'm happy right now. I'll take it. The Vikings, my second team, they plug the hole in the middle. They got a D tackle. You know, they have 10 million. You know, they, they have a lot of holes with less money, but a lot of holes. Barr gave some money back. That works. Uh, you know, Kurt won't answer. Kurt, Kurt gonna give any money? It's all guaranteed. Kurt, Kurt changed his phone number. It's all all guaranteed. He's like, he's in Minnesota. The guys are knocking on his door and he's just not answering. (laughs) But Kirk just feels like you should honor agreements and you shouldn't, you know, come asking for money back. He wouldn't give you something and ask for it back. This is why I looked at it. I seen it. You can, the Vikings can get up to 21 million in cap space. If you make that trade, Orlando Brown, second round pick for Thielen. If you do it, you open up your cap 10 million. Granted, hey, you are, you might lose Orlando Brown after that. You might lose them to free agency, but guess what? You freed your cap, you go get another offensive lineman, and you have space for next year because now you don't have to pay Thielen. 16 million next year because that's what you got to pay him. Oh, they're going to franchise tag him for sure. No, don't. <laughs> I'm telling. I'm telling you, man. I I think if if Baltimore is legitimately making that offer at this point, I would maybe even consider swapping first. Okay, but I probably wouldn't go I'd second. I'd go like a third. Stat. Yeah, because it's a lot for a guy that you're only going to get for potentially one year, just in case Orlando go, Brown goes, "Hey, I don't really want to play here." Unless, unless he'll sign an extension. If he signs a, a long term extension, signs a four or five year deal, then yeah, I, I would for sure swap first because, like it or not, you've you've now committed to Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins does not improvise well. He does very well. He does his best, and his best is still fairly average. But he does his best in a clean pocket. And I would invest everything you have in making sure he keeps a clean pocket. Yeah, let's. I don't know. Let's truly see what happens there because they got to do a lot of moving still. So it is interesting. <laughs> Falcons have ten thousand dollars free in their salary cap. Just want to let y'all know ten ten k. So Matt Ryan's coming back. <laughs> yeah, Matt's coming back. Julio's coming back. Yippee. Yeah, can you imagine? We At one point, we thought Julio was going to be a massive trade piece. Not yeah. anymore. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> I mean, our, our team's – okay, Julio's not getting a first-round pick at all? At all. I mean, would you rather have Julio or Jalen Waddle? All right. Arguably the fifth receiver taken in the draft, probably going to go somewhere around, you know, between 28 and 32. Would you rather have Julio or Jalen Waddle? I'd say Jalen Waddle for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's it. That's it right there. 
And that's what the Vikings don't seem to understand. Like, if somebody's actually inquiring about Adam Thielen, would you rather have Adam Thielen or Jalen Waddle? That's I really sorry. That, sorry, people are looking at it that way. I, I don't think Adam Thielen is the worst receiver. I think he's a fine two. He's a really good probably three. But you're talking about guys who run four fours, four threes. You're talking about guys on their rookie deal who you won't have to pay money forever. You know, what, what are you doing? By the time they're in their like team option, the cap's going to go up. You're talking basically free money. It's absolutely ridiculous that any team is, especially a team like the Vikings, who's I think more than one piece away or, you know, that piece being a generational quarterback away, man, you need to be, I would be cutting and selling as many assets as you can to prepare for the cap to go up in two years. Yeah. I mean, they have a problem that they need to solve and that's that defensive line. They don't have a edge rusher, but they also don't have the money in the cap to go get one. So I think that's why I feel like, Hey, we're not going to move on a receiver that is proven to get a man. rookie because we need to use that 14th pick for a pass rusher. But man, one piece at a time because Green Bay is going to be good this year. And you and need to press the issue on those guys. I, I think I think you can you can take a year, take a couple of years, and you can really build that team and do a mini rebuild. I would sell anything that's not bolted down. I mean, if Barr wasn't going to take less money, I would get rid of him. He's a coverage liability anyways in a league that's tight end dominant. Well, he's talking about next year for sure. You're you're talking about Harrison Smith. I love Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith is the only Viking, current Viking, whose apparel I own. And I would would get rid of him for a third-round pick. Yeah, because if you're going to do a mini rebuild at two years, guess what? Aaron Rodgers is 39 in two years. So and unfortunately point, and unfortunately for the Vikings, that NFC North is looking so bad right now that they can I mean they might be the NFC East this year, but with one really good team. They they might all just be like six and eleven and Green Bay might be fourteen and three. Yeah, because I don't think golf. Dalton or Kurt is going to find a way to compete with Rodgers at the top of that division. Don't see it happening unless golf is that guy. So, Which, again, he might be, but right now they have no weapons for him at all except for, what, DeAndre Swift, who I actually really like at running back, but he's a running back. Their leading receivers last year were – are all gone at this point, and it doesn't look like any of them want to come back. Damn. This thing has a projection for next year's cap as well. Bucks are looking at a $92 million cap for next year. <laughs> all your one-year deals and all your, all your shenanigans at the end of Tom leaving, Gronk leaving, all these guys leaving because they're done. You still end up with ninety-two million next year. Not bad, not <laughs> bad. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, the Bucks are set up 
I mean, I think they definitely – they've talked about Blaine Gabbert being the solution after Tom is done. I don't necessarily love that idea for them. I mean, after Tom is gone, I don't have a ton of Buccaneers loyalty. But if they can get a halfway decent quarterback in, if, you know, Tom leaves around the time Russell Wilson's contract ends or something like that, you could see the Bucks be good for quite a little bit here. I think they're set up to be pretty good for quite a while. Mac Jones of the future. I'm just calling him out right now, man. I, I, I Tom's got oh, ten more years, though. Fuck yeah, his contract says that shit for sure. Fuck. I just don't like that. This is the first time that an Alabama quarterback has not been a big name. For at least that I can remember. I mean, I don't think AJ McCarron was a big name. Yeah, he was. Not in the AJ draft. AJ McCarron was still a big name in Alabama, though. You know what I'm saying? He was a big name in Alabama. He was known as the quarterback in Alabama. Mac Jones was not talked about as an elite quarterback. He was not. He was the third guy on that staff. He got a start this year and made Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle look very fucking good. But no one speaks on him. No one speaks on him. I think he is the true steal of the draft wherever he goes. And I want him to end up at a team that, granted, if he goes to Denver, even though Drew Locke is there, I think he could take that job. I think I think he, Denver thinks that he could take that job. <laughs> yeah. Denver Denver was, you know, a couple of weeks ago talking about Deshaun Watson. So I don't think we can yeah. I don't think that the there's a lot going on for Drew Locke. Drew Locke. Yeah. Um Mac Jones can definitely step into one of these teams, not right away, but three, four years can be a solid starter in the league. I mean you give him almost a Kirk Cousins in a sense, but way more mobile, way more mobile. Yeah. And a, better, and a, and a risk taker too, because he throws the ball in there. Man, I, I just, I've seen him compared to such a wide spectrum of people. And it's so hard to grade his film knowing it was a COVID year that almost didn't happen. And Alabama just has better players than everybody else. So I, I get why there's hesitation. It, it's very appealing to see. I think he's got a lot of upside. I mean, the comparisons are always just so weird because it's like, you know, his floor is A.J. McCarron. His average is, you know, Kirk Cousins. And his ceiling is Tom Brady. Okay, well, two of the three of those are not very good. If you're telling me I can draft a quarterback in the first round and he could be Kirk Cousins, I'm not super psyched about that. If he falls to like the third or fourth round, then maybe we can talk. But it's it's looking like he is potentially going to be a first round pick. Yeah, for sure. Man. But again, that's just drafting a quarterback in the NFL. Right. Ryan Fitzpatrick to the club. The team? Yep. The Washington Red Tails? 
Washington the, Red Wolves, the, the Washington the, Sentinels, the Washington Monuments. No, the the Washington uh, Metropolitans. That's what they were. Metropolitans. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick is going in there to do what? I mean, take them to the playoffs for sure. Ooh, playoffs for sure in that division. At that with that defense, I think if Ryan Fitzpatrick plays good Ryan, eighty percent of the time, they're a playoff team. McAuliffe is a great wide receiver. And that defense is just so brutal that all he has to do is put up, you know, 25, 28 points a game. And I think they win 10 of them. Yeah. And again, still have a draft. They have a decent draft pick where they could potentially take a young wide receiver. They don't hate Heineke. I think they have two guys who play very similarly with Heineke and Fitzpatrick. Um, it doesn't look like they're going to use a high pick on a quarterback this year. They're going to roll with what they've got. And I honestly don't hate it. Yeah. If they can, if they can show up with how they showed up against Tampa Bay in the playoffs, they can make some noise. They can win that division fairly handedly. The Eagles in there, you got Dallas and uh, Dallas with that coming back. uh, That's a problem. I think that's the problem that if Dak is going to play high quality football like he was the first four weeks before he broke his ankle, Dallas is going to run away with that division for a while. Even though Washington will get a win or two or a win in that division for sure next year, because I think if Washington goes there, they'll be all right. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see, man. We'll see. Patrick was the move right there. I think they should bring in. Bring in Trubisky. Now, yeah, I know the face is going to be crazy, everyone that heard that name, but Mitchell Trubisky still has something to prove. He still has the arm, and he did look decent at the end of the at the end of the Chicago run there, right before they were going to make it into the playoffs. I think you have to run a very specific type of offense for Mitchell Trubisky to look good. And I don't know if that is the kind of offense that they want to run in Washington. Mm -hmm. I mean, you'd think he could run it well, but at the same time, you don't know. I mean, I would question what the market value is for a guy like Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, I'm looking on spot track and they anticipate he will be looking at an $8.3 million average annual salary. Um, they're projecting he should be looking for about a two year, $17 million deal. Okay. Um, again, Mitch Trubisky, I didn't love him in the draft. I have not loved him in Chicago, but he does have raw talent but so does Joe Webb. So does Josh Dobbs, you know, so does Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles, former number one overall pick. Like what are you, how long are you going to keep giving him money based on his potential raw ability when the raw ability isn't the issue? The issue is him understanding an offense, working in an offense and playing football without mistakes. So I, again, 
in a great set. When Mitch looks good, Mitch looks really, really good. But when Mitch looks bad, he is maybe the worst backup in the league. Damn. Yeah, I went there. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's see what happens there. I really hope. I don't know. I hope these guys get warmer. I, it's funny to see what's going to happen with Tua because Tua is still sitting at number three and could be traded. It'll so, be – I mean, when do you think we're going to see a big move at quarterback? Do you think we're going to see anything before the draft? I think – no. I think you see Tua and Deshaun be moved at draft night. That would definitely that would definitely make us uh, have an emergency podcast. Yeah, that's. I mean, shit. We almost might go live draft night because how crazy this is going to be. But I definitely think that Miami and the Jets at two and three move out of their picks. I could see it. I could see. I don't think it's likely, but I could see it. I think that Sam Arnold and the second round pick, you could go get Russell with that. And I think Tua with that third pick in 23 and next year, you could go get Deshaun. Because it seemed like Chicago wasn't willing to wait. And I think that Miami and the Jets have a quarterback that's young enough and they're okay with playing next year if this doesn't all play out. Or go get you a guy. Because they could still also go get Wilson, Fields, Lance, Mack, get everyone that's not Trevor Lawrence at two and three. I don't know. I don't know if them boys are waiting for it to be a little cheaper for them, but... Zach Wilson going to Seattle would probably be the best thing with Russell going to New York. It works out for everyone, including Sierra. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, with how things are going and with the cap, you got to think that's potentially – I mean, when you can get a generational quarterback, you do it. But if you're tight against the cap, man, are you willing to – sacrifice potentially a whole year to get Russell Wilson in your building? I don't know, man. I mean, I think it works out great for both, man. If you trade Russell, you get that contract completely off your your cap. You can work on your offensive alignment and your, D, and your defense. And you got uh, Zach Wilson for five years and you rebuild for two years. In a division that you don't really – you could still be very – it's very, very winnable with a rookie quarterback. You got uh, 49ers, you got Arizona, and you got uh, that third team that ain't – the fourth team in that division that ain't really – it's the Chargers. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, Chargers. No, sorry, the Rams. Rams. Yeah, Rams. Still, you could win. I mean, Stafford, okay. You got to deal with Jimmy G in a sense, but that defense is crumbling. They're going without, they're going with a new defensive coordinator and 49ers. I think 49ers have, they're going to have a rough year this year. 
we talked about the Cardinals and how they still have things they got to work out so that team doesn't look too good at the moment. You trade Russell right now, you could still win the division. It's wild how many average quarterbacks there are in this league. Man, wild, right? Yeah, and they're making – they're still making millions of dollars. A lot of them should be giving it back right now because I think a lot of these guys are only as good as their weapons. And their weapons ain't great right now. Are you going to get some of the uh, – are you going to be uh, at Patrick Mahomes' NFT sale tomorrow? Um, no, I – won't be there. How much? How much money do you think he's gonna make off these fucking N- NFTs? I don't know. I have no idea. It's literally just a digital painting. I can right-click and save it and send it to you tomorrow. <sighs> you oh, I, I, what I. We're in on it. We're in on NFTs. We are on the blockchain. But, yeah. man, I still think this could be one of those things that's so stupid. <laughs> like, we're looking back in, like, 10 years, and it's like, what were we doing? <laughs> I wonder. Oh, okay. From 2,500 to 15K. Interesting. Per item or total? Uh, we'll include a mystery auction item with no set price. Yeah, so six different pieces that will range from 25 to 15K. Man. 25 going up to... Oh, so it was originally at 2,500. It is now up to 15,000. So this thing could get up to well over 100K if need be. Interesting. Okay. Wow. Go figure. Oh, that's after, after, after market. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of stuff where man, I don't, I don't know. It's like what happens if I need money and my only asset is a Patrick Mahomes NFT? Is there going to be a market for me to get my money back? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm just, uh, that is so like not in my, not in my world. I mean, you, I mean, you own one of six in the world. One of six of anything in the world automatically comes with a very big price tag. One of six Michael Trout cards, rookie cards. Some dude bought six of them. He sold one last year for 300K. Imagine having one of Patrick Mahomes' artwork, especially if he is this Hall of Fame legendary, according to uh, Nate Burleson, top five of all time quarterbacks. <laughs> if he's already there, this artwork can definitely be already at 100k by the time you buy it sports will always be throughout everything 
sports will always be. It even survived a goddamn pandemic. They found a way to play through it. So artwork of this type, of course, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years down the line, you could be sitting on your retirement. I would be more inclined to buy it if it were an actual piece of oil painting art. I mean, Gronk has one. Would you buy Gronk's? Has a NFT? He is the first player to have an NFT. No. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> Him Gronk spiking in the Super Bowl on artwork of that as in a Patriots uniform with Tom in the background screaming, you would no. buy it. No, I'd print it off. I'd put it on my wall and I would be completely fine not owning the NFT rights. Hey. Like that. Oh. I don't own that. I downloaded a print. Actually, technically, I, technically, I did pay for that, but still, you'll see uh, money back top shots on next month. <laughs> money back top shots. All right, so picks of the week. Let's talk picks. It's time for the moment you've been waiting for. The Money Back Guarantee Picks of the Week. Before we get started with our Picks of the Week, tonight I have found potentially free money. Now I'm putting this on recording. I'm putting multiple units on this bet. I am putting five units on this bet that is the second most i've ever put on a bet That's this is a this is a like play of the year for me uh, i am betting for some reason in the wild arizona coyotes game kirill kaprizov the wilds calder cup rookie is uh the over under on shots for him is 2.5 the last two or the last three games he shot eight times eight times and four times against the same team the Arizona Coyotes they're at home when he shoots the wild win when he shoots over four times the wild have like a 85 percent winning percentage or something crazy like that so I fully expect him to shoot more than two and a half times and it's at minus 150 which seems wild i've texted three people and been like hey is this a mistake this looks like free money but i'm an idiot when i think i have free money only like once have i actually had free money but they all think it seems wildly low i am going to hammer that bet at minus 150 and my night is either going to be very good or very bad, depending on the Russian shooting the puck. I mean, at that point, I would have moved it to like four shots, try to make it to like two feet plus two fifty or something, right? They only give you over under. Oh, okay. On their on their sets, unfortunately. Otherwise, gotcha. but I'm also I'm also looking at him to score a goal plus one eighty. I'm taking that as well tonight because he he's getting shots on goal. And he's got like four goals this series. So I think there's a good chance. He got two assists last game. There's a good chance I think he can uh, put up a bucket tonight. So I don't know about you, but that sounds like a mighty fine parlay to me. Don't you know it? Don't you know it? <laughs> All right. 
What's your other picks, boss? What else you got? So our picks are going to be for the 17th, Wednesday, March 17th. And I am going to take the Las Vegas Golden Knights in regulation. Uh, so the three-way, that is currently minus 160. And I am probably – I'm going to take the over six in that game against right. the San Jose Sharks. All right. And then I've got all my picks. A lot of my picks are playing tonight, but I yeah, I think that's what I'm going to stick with. I might. Right. Um, I'm playing with a couple things. I might post something. Uh, I might take a actually swing over and take some basketball. But I'm also going to be KHL starting tomorrow, so my brain's all. Okay, it gelled out. Oh, gotcha. All right, my picks for tomorrow, Wednesday the 17th. Uh, I got two basketballs and a hockey one for you. I'm actually going to go opposite of you. I'm going to go with the Sharks um, in regulation. Um, I'm just going to take the straight-up money line on that to beat the Golden Knights with an upset, and we're going to keep on going down the road with our upsets. We're going to go with the Mavs over the Clippers. We're going to take the money line on that. It looks like uh, the Mavs are going to L.A. to play the Clippers, and the Clippers won their last two games. So Luka and Porzingis is coming in to give them an L. I'm also going to take the 76ers without Embiid due to his knee injury over the Bucks in Milwaukee. How about this? I'm going to add Miami Heat minus two to my card. All right. Just to make it just because Jimmy Butler's back and they're hot right now. Yeah, it is very interesting. I think our next show, we will definitely be talking about the second half of the NBA. Um, they just finished a mediocre all-star weekend. Uh, they're driving up into the second half and a lot of key guys got hurt last week, but we'll break that down a little later. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're kind of picking up on all fronts now that NBA weekend is over. We're reaching into kind of the final stretch of the year for the NBA. Hockey's really heating up. I've been betting the pucks pretty well lately. I think I'm up, I'm up quite a few. I'm doing pretty well in Europe and Russia. So that's yeah. always good. And Dana looked good today announcing another major fight. UFC has never been more exciting. If you're not a fan, check it out. You got Masvidal versus Usman. Going to knuckle up again for the second time in nine months. This time is going to be for the championship. Yeah, and we're, uh, I'm sure something crazy is going to happen. So we'll, yeah, get the second half of free agency that everybody's been waiting for yeah, because absolutely. there's a lot of wide receivers on the board and, I took some screenshots. So at one point we're going to have an all gambling show. I know we're most supposed to be mostly a gambling show, but we're going to break down what some of these moves are, who's increasing their odds to go all the way, who isn't. And hopefully we will, you know, see some, see some good future action this upcoming season. Yes, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you guys have a good night. Wednesday is happy St. Patrick's Day. So happy St. Patrick's Day to all the fellow Irishmen out there. Connor, I'll be taking a shot of your whiskey, sir. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Money Back Guarantee.
Top of the morning to you. Top of the morning to you. <laughs>